Welcome to Calvin's Corner. My name is Phil Nathan. He's Pastor Michael Noonan, and we're about to present for you a Christian show unlike any Christian show you've ever heard. Michael, how are you today, my friend? I'm cold. Uh-huh. We're, we're having our week of winter here in Southern Oregon. Oh, right. That's right. This comes up like every year around this time too, right? It's usually a little earlier, but it, it's, uh, it's cold. Okay. It's I don't like so- cold. I, I mean either. I told somebody I'm not comfortable unless it's 70 degrees or above. Yeah, that works. And I, and I can tell you this, from the mail we receive every week, people are going to think that we're going to be very, very comfortable at some point <laughs> in yes. the future. Lots of heat. Lots of heat. One guy told me to actually pack an air conditioner. That was interesting, but well, anyhow, tell, tell him I said to pack this. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I don't ever like. Res- I rarely respond. Sometimes I do because sometimes they're very cute. You know, some I've had people ask me to read some of these on the show, and I told them, "Well, we always have something to talk about, so we don't need to talk about that except to just say thank you for writing. We appreciate your uh, candor and any other thing that you want to say, fine and dandy, but." Don't expect a response. Oh, and I have to say this. Once you send me an email directed toward Calvin's Corner or my friend or I, that becomes my property, and I will do with it as I wish. Currently, those, <laughs> that means purge and destroy, but that doesn't mean that I won't <laughs> read it on air. Thank you for your understanding. Now, 17 dead in a school shooting. Right. We've talked about this before. Like four times in the existence of this show, 123 episodes. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to get your arms around. What's even more difficult to get my, my arms around is that it's already old news. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's old news. You know, uh, the first thing I thought was, holy crap, because I coach kids that live in Florida. I don't know where exactly this was geographically when it first happened, but that's my first thought is that these young dudes that I coach, maybe one of them got hit and I'm thinking that's not cool. And then I started thinking parents, I guarantee you that right now in this time of year or this time of our age, if you will, there's no more anxious moment than sending your children to school and wondering all day if they're going to return. It's uh, it's something that I think about because, uh, you know, there's a 15-year-old going to school every morning. That's right. And uh, these shootings often bring out copycats. And so two of our campuses in the days after the shooting were shut down, locked down because of threats. Wow. Uh, One of the high schools and the community college were both shut down. And it's very frustrating because we don't seem to have any ability to discuss not only what to do about these shootings, but why they happen in the first place. And even worse than that is we don't seem to have the ability anymore to talk about these things. 
And that inability to speak to issues like this is part of the problem. It shows part of, of our corporate mentality as a country right now is such that we don't listen to each other. We're not going to um, get off particular uh, platforms that we, we've created even even when they they really it's, aren't that germane to the situation. Uh, obviously, whenever we we do this, we're, we start talking about gun control. And as soon as you say those two words, there's a big part of this country that goes up: oh, gun confiscation. Hmm. Can you imagine what would happen in the United States of America? if the government actually attempted gun confiscation? Oh, it'd be a war. It'd be a war. It would be mutiny anarchy. And, and so that option, to me, doesn't exist. Right, it doesn't make, because it doesn't exist. It exists in the minds of the radicals who, want to, uh, who don't listen to the other side at all. Well, I, I think it exists in the mind of very few radicals, to be honest with you. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. Okay. And, you know, I'm not saying there, there might be some people out there that want to do that. Uh, but I would guess they're few and far between. And, and I think a sensible person understands that in this country, that would be a simple impossibility. Right. So, so we need to eliminate from the discussion all of these things that are never going to happen and start dealing with some things that could happen. Right. Um, well, we don't do that though, but we don't do that. And, and then we wonder why nothing ever is fixed in this country. <laughs> that's just it. You know, okay. that's just it. You know, I, I want to commend these young people down in Florida who decided to do something about it. I don't know what can be, what is going to make of it, but they're going to do this private protest in, in a peaceful one. And I think that's a good idea. I mean, they're the ones that are good, are afraid to go to school, for goodness sakes. Well, I think there's going to be a protest next month that's countrywide. That's the thing I'm talking about, probably. Yeah. But again, here's the problem. The people that you need to participate in this conversation who are gun owners are, are, are going to react to that in either a negative way or by ignoring it. We need to have everybody involved in these conversations. Right. Uh, gun owners and gun ownership is, for better or for worse, part of the very fabric of this country. Okay, that's right. Okay? Um, to the degree that I, th I, I don't think it's healthy at all. Okay. How, however, there are constitutional implications. There are all sorts of implications around this topic. But we need to start asking ourselves as a group, people who aren't gun owners, don't like guns, and those who are part of this cultural fabric, have to get together and decide what are we going to do, what can we do 
to make it less likely that these things happen again. America does this. Most, the rest of, of the first world doesn't have a lot of these kind of incidents. We need to wonder why. Well, I think what you did is you uh, wrote another one of your TGIF posts that are every Friday. Usually they're a little more lighthearted. Usually they involve my friend Chester. And, uh, yes. And where is he today, by the way? I miss him. Um, Chester got radically chastised this morning right. for attacking Miss Kitty. Uh-oh. So Chester is very quietly curled up in the corner knowing he'd better just behave himself or else. Oh, that's a good idea. I, I really don't miss him, but uh, only before the show and after the show. <laughs> well, I have he, to tell the truth, sir. He likes to interject when it's not uh, really wanted. Well, that's okay. I, I appreciate him, though. Anyway, you wrote this posting, and, and one of the things that we, right off the bat, you didn't criticize this at all, but you said the public defender was rubbing the mass murderers back as if to console him, as if he was a victim. And then you went on to say, I wonder what the hell she thought she was doing. He's a broken person, she said. He came from a broken home, has a broken mind, and a broken spirit. There are lots of people with similar issues that don't become mass murderers. And then you said, my gut tells me that he is a prototype of what's to come, however. And my question is, is how is this broken kid any different than that kid down the street? I don't mean to scare anyone, but how is he any different? Because he was staying, allegedly, with, a peep, with some people after his mother passed away, and they knew he had the guns, but they didn't think that he would ever use them on people because he had portrayed himself in such a way that they were shocked. Yeah, this this is really difficult uh, to talk about. Um, I have family members who are mentally ill. I work with uh, some folks that uh, are mentally ill. And I see, especially in in the young, that we have set them up for these kind of failures. Now, let's let's be clear. There's no justification for what this kid did. There's no... In in some ways, there is no mercy for what this child did. But when you look at how we're raising our kids, it's easy to see how we can produce this sort of person under the right circumstances or the wrong circumstances. And I think where we need to start is with the home itself. How many parents, first off, what percentage of children are being raised in homes that have been broken at least once? Right. Sometimes twice. That's a good way to start that, too, because that's true. You know, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, there was a gentleman on Twitter who, when I told him I had lived abroad, he goes, what's the difference? And I said, well, it's pretty obvious to me anyway. The difference is, like, say, we'll use Greece, because I can, you know, speak mostly about that. 
they always have somebody in their family to come home to. Always. If mom is working, if she can't, if she's out working, grandma and grandpa take care of the kids. It is the way it is. They don't let their kids out of their sight, really, and they're uber protective. The other thing is, is they don't let them sit in front of these video games either. They keep them very busy, at least the kids that I knew there, and I knew quite a few of them. They had stuff going on all day and night. You know, in Greece, you have to go to take extra classes so that you can pass these end-of-your-school-year exams to your high school in order to go to a better college for free. So these kids are probably going to school 40 hours a week like a real job. They don't have time to get into these kind of trouble things. Plus, they're always surrounded by their family. And, and I believe that that has a lot to do with why you don't see that in, in these countries in Europe, for example. Well, I, th I think a sound family structure, which is under assault from so many different factors in our culture, but a strong family structure is absolutely necessary to raising um, healthy kids. It can be done um, under other circumstances, but it's very difficult, especially for single parents. It, it, it is just so much of a, a load. Right. <clears throat> and then when we talk about the cultural influences that are on kids who are uh, searching for identity. One of the things that happens when a family structure collapses is one of the primary places where people find out who they are is destroyed. Right. That's a good point. And so what happens is, is kids start looking to other sources to establish for themselves who they are. And I don't, I don't know if, if you've listened to a lot of the music. No, I, I'm, I'm at a loss of a lot of things that these kids are Oh, my are gosh. So I'm sure somebody will write in and say that I'm a racist. And I really, I don't care at this point. Right. But rap and hip hop which I'm desperately trying to root out of my own godson's life, mm -hmm. and I'm failing. Okay. Uh, uh, because I'm not the only influence. He, he's in school how many hours a day? And what are, the, what are they listening to? And they're listening to music that, that glorifies gun violence. Right. Go look at the videos. You've got 16-year-old kids who are now millionaires because they learned to to curse and rhyme at the same time, wave, <laughs> waving guns around, um, calling women uh, things that, in, in, when I was a child, if you called a woman that, you would spend the next 15 minutes searching for your teeth. Right, yeah, I know which word you're talking about, too. Yeah, you're right. Oh, there's a couple, two, three of them. They call each other that now. Yeah, isn't that healthy? Yeah, you see, that's the problem. You know, you hit it on the head. And I know a lot of black people who would agree with you. <laughs> they don't like it either because it objectifies and glorifies violence against others, violence against the police, hatred against the police. They have enough reason to distrust people. They don't need to be reminded of it in music. This is a curse. 
on this generation. Oh, yeah. Period. Yeah, sure. And so when they're not enjoying this garbage being blown into their ears and via their ears into their spirits and brains, then they can sit in front of a computer with a twenty with a two hundred and fifty dollar three hundred and fifty dollar console, right? And practice shooting people all day long. Yeah, with headsets better than the one I use. Better than exactly. the one the serious guys use. Yes. Seriously, uh, I hate to say it like that, <laughs> but it's true. And the parents are going down and paying fifty bucks a piece, so their kids can sit home and learn how to kill. Yeah. And become completely desensitized to the reality of violence. So now you've got you've got this garbage coming in through their ears. You've got right. this garbage coming in through their eyes. Right. Uh, they go watch movies that uh, again glorify violence. All right. And what you've done is you've taken this whole generation and you've used all of the sensory inputs that this culture has created through its technology to turn them into little killers. And then here's what you do. Some of those little killers are mentally unstable. They're trusted to take their own medicine when they can't. When they feel better, they stop. Somebody bullies them. Somebody says the wrong thing. Something happens tragically, and it's game on. Yes. And we wonder how that happened. Really? I, I, I'm not curious at all about what happens. But it, it's, it's simply when you have... Uh, and, and since the Industrial Revolution, the teenage years have become this time of searching for personal identity. Right. And so if you allow the culture to tell your child who they are, this is what you may end up with. Now, that's that's true. It's, and, I and I know I know that it's uh, troubling to hear, but yeah, you know that's why at the camp I'm at, they don't let them play video games. They don't want them around their phones. In fact, they have to turn their phones in. They even keep an eye on what they listen to because they're well aware these owners who've been in this business for a long time. They try to keep out the garbage. And I'm not saying that these rappers are garbage. I'm saying the things that they produce are. And I and I have to think that if you hear over and over and over again some of the things that they spout and espouse, and maybe in some cases are pretending to espouse just for some money, I think that's going to affect you. It does. It's going to affect you every day, all day long. Some Do you remember when we were younger, they used to say the same thing about Tupac? <laughs> Tupac's tame compared to what's out there now. A lot of the stuff is tame compared, you know, the older stuff. Although the older stuff was reprehensible at times, too. Sure. People learn in different ways. Some people learn through audio. I'm a, I'm a big audio learner. Okay. Okay. Other people learn uh, visually. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've covered the spectrum <laughs> of, of learning styles so that we can distort and corrupt any child at any time in any way. Yeah. And I have all the sympathy. My heart goes out to single parents 
who are busting it to try and do the right thing for their kids. It's really hard. This is a really hard world to raise kids in, but it's a harder world to be a kid in. I mean, these kids go to school now and, uh, they're, they're taught that, uh, the traditional values that you and I grew up with, traditional ideas about sexuality, traditional ideas about gender, are things of the past. And if you want to completely attack the personal identity of a human being, get them to a point where they're questioning their own gender. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what in, what in the hell is wrong that, that we are just skating through this? So now we question our gender. We fill their heads full of um, scabulon <laughs> day after day after day. We expose them through music videos and movies visually to all sorts of, of violence and corruption. And then we wonder... Why this kind of stuff happens? Are you serious? Oh, yeah. And then here's the other part. Here's the fun part, too. Is some kid could make a mistake in class. Maybe he made the wrong answer. Or whatever. And it gets filmed by somebody on their phone. And then it goes viral. Because these kind of things go viral. And then that kid who's already suffering from low self-esteem. Maybe his family is broken. And his identity is lost. And they he or she starts to hear all this stuff and, and see all this stuff about how much of a loser they are and how useless they are and this and that. And then blogs start popping up. And these kids get cyberbullied. It's not like it was in our day. You had maybe three or four kids that if they took you out, they took you out. You know what I mean? But yeah. now you can get beaten. And you go home and you go, Ugh, okay, I got to figure out a way out of this. Whereas with this cyber stuff, it's after them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it doesn't end until someone makes it end, one way or the other. Exactly. And we need to, as a culture, start addressing these incredibly obvious things that are hurting our children. Respect, Michael. We need to teach our people how to respect one another. It's amazing what you see. I see 21 and 22-year-old kids who think they know more than doctors and people who've been doing the work longer than they've been alive. And the way they talk to people, it's amazing. It's because they don't know how to communicate anymore because they communicate via text. That's part of the problem, okay? But let's, you know, and I I, I hear a lot of this. It's because these kids don't know how to communicate. Right. And I say, au contraire. They communicate just like their parents do on social media. Hey, that's a good point. They communicate just the way that their parents do when they're watching the news. And if, if they're, you know, if the parents are watching MSNBC, they're cursing one group of people. If they're watching Fox, they're cursing another group of people. But everybody's cursing somebody. And we don't know. We And, and then we blame the kids because they don't know how to talk to each other. Right. Monkey see, monkey do. Well. Pardon the, pardon the way I said that. But 
you know, it's just I, I, I I'm just stunned. I, I'm I'm so sick and tired. You you post something on Facebook where you go, we need to stop calling each other names. We need to drop some of our preconceptions. And we need to listen to each other, and we need to try to come to real solutions. And the first thing that will happen is people jump in with their standard rhetoric about from whatever side of uh, the binary equation that they represent. You, you can't even suggest that we talk to each other as human beings. And then you want your kids to do that. Really? Really? That, that's kind of like, you know, sitting at home chain smoking a couple packs a night while you're telling the kid about the dangers of tobacco. Right. That makes sense, too. Yeah, that's a very good point. I've been trying to be better since I came back for, to Facebook. Have you noticed I've been trying? To be honest, Phil, I jump on Facebook for five or six minutes a uh, couple minutes at a time, and I oh, jump right. the hell off. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. I, I'm on it because this is my busy time now with fantasy baseball and basketball winding down. But and I notice something. If I that? make if I make a comment about Donald Trump, all hell breaks loose. If I make a comment about any issue that matters, yeah. that matters, even in an attempt to go, okay, so you and I disagree. Greatly. Let's see what we agree about. Let's talk about those areas we disagree in. And let's come to a middle ground where both of us can walk on comfortably uh, with respect for the other. And the answer is hell no. Let's, let's not do that. Well, don't blame your kids for acting just like you do. Don't blame your kids for expressing themselves just like you do. Kids listen to everything you say. They may not look like they're listening. They may not act like they're listening. They hear it all. And they repeat it. We are in an era that loves conflict and violence we have sowed to the wind, and we are going to reap the whirlwind. We have not yet even seen the full devastation that's headed our way. If we don't put a foot in the ground and turn around. And being, you know, piousness and platitudes and all of that stuff are not going to help. The church needs to be the church in that. We have a 2,000-year-old moral theology that we still affirm. We affirm that the Bible says some things are right and wrong, that God says some things are right and wrong. But above all else, God is love, and God loves you, and your identity is wrapped up not in the things of this world, but in how God feels about you. And we have to be really honest about how we deal with all this other stuff and always keep coming back around to, I love you, God loves you. That's 
the main thing you need to understand about your life. And that when we put restrictions on your music, your games, your whatever, it's not because we're trying to cheat you out of a fine existence. <laughs> That's true. It's because we love you and we want the very best for you. And the God that I know wants the very best for you. And as I follow him, I'm going to display that and show that to you by doing these kind of things and by watching what I do. Okay, I get, I, you know, I get on my godson all the time about all of these things. And unfortunately, about half the time, he can come back at me and go, you just did this. And, and I have to be willing to repent in front of him and say I was wrong. And I was wrong not only in how I treated someone or spoke about someone, but in the fact that I did it in front of you and set a horrible example for you. We need to care. Or we've only seen the beginning of what's coming down the pipe. All right. Uh, that's true too. Wow. That's very true. It's a good post. You can find it at michaelnoonham.com, TGIF from last Friday. I don't have anything more to say about the whole thing other than keep an eye on your kids. Keep an eye on yourself. For Pastor Michael Noonham, I'm Phil Nasons. We want to thank you as always for listening to Calvin's Corner. <laughs>